0: It's the Pooji Podcast, proudly sponsored by Cimarron Golf Club. What is going on, Pooge Crew? Thank you for being here for episode 110 of the Pooji Podcast. Excited to have you here and excited for this episode. Uh, first and foremost, shout out to Cimarron Golf Club for always helping support and sponsor the podcast. Love what they do over there at Cimarron Off County Road. 210 actually just got out to play. The other evening, the other day, and enjoyed the hell out of it. Beautiful setup right now. Beautiful course. It's in great condition. Definitely go check out Cimarron. The greens are looking good as well. If you're in Jacksonville and you're looking for a new track to play, go check out Cimarron. But a busy weekend in sports. Obviously, we're here to talk Jacksonville Jaguar football, here to talk about the NFL. But quick shout out to the United States Ryder Cup team getting the dub at whistling straight a year after it was supposed to be played fantastic job by them winning 19 to nine against Europe. The format is awesome. The, uh, the, the pageantry is exceptional and it's one of the best moments in all of sports. No matter if you're a golf fan or not, it's just awesome being able to pull for the United States who has struggled recently against team Europe over the last two decades or so. They've blown some big leads. They haven't had the best of luck. So I believe that was their third victory over the last 11 Ryder Cups, I want to say. Um, so it was exciting watching the 12 best Americans versus the 12 best Europeans. And it's always a fun time. And it was a great crowd. I know the fans were excited to get back one year removed from when it was supposed to be. We are in the dog days of summer with baseball here. The playoff pushes here as well. So exciting times for you baseball fans out there. I know the Yankees and the Blue Jays and the Red Sox, they're jockeying for position in the AL East. And the Tampa Bay Rays have already clinched the division and the best record in baseball, I think it is. The Giants are like the sleeper team this year. So the playoffs is going to be fun and hockey's coming back. My Tampa Bay Lightning play a preseason game tonight against Matt Maynard, my roommate, his Carolina Hurricanes. But for right now, let's welcome in Jacob Yertical onto the podcast. Jacob, I appreciate you being here and I'm ready to talk some Jags football with you, man.
1: Oh, you're muted. You're muted. You're muted. We're good. I said, uh, yeah, I I muted myself for your little intro. I don't like to cause too much. But, yeah, I'm excited. We'll see how the conversation goes. Um, There's great things to talk about. Psych. No, there's definitely some positives to take from, but I'm sure we'll talk about some bad, some good. Um, Looking forward with a young team that we got so far.
0: Well, you mentioned the positives. I just want to say this out of the first three games, I am a strong believer that that was the best performance we put on the field out of the first Absolutely. three games. And it's inspiring because that was by far the toughest opponent we've played in the first three weeks. The, the The opponents have gotten tougher each week and that was the best we've played. Is this a situation where the Jaguars are just playing up to the competition or is this actually they are authentically getting better as a team? Like This is not this is not fiction. They are getting better as the weeks progress.
1: I would like to think that they're getting better. Um, it'll be interesting to see what how they play Thursday against the Bengals, just because I do think the Bengals are a drop-off from the Cardinals. Um, but yeah, I think the first week against the Texans, I, I didn't want to like overlook those veteran players the Texans have, but I think that result might have been an outlier. I think there's a lot of new on the team, and. Um, the way it happened i don't think that's indicative of the entire season so week two it looks a little better but week three i mean we'll probably get into it but i think that game was a lot closer than it looks on the scoreboard and there's a lot of good things to take away from it from you know the top scoring team in the league right now by points per game so i do think they're getting better i think the defense is potentially gonna end the season better than people gave it credit for coming in um and then Trevor Lawrence hopefully he just continues to get better because he's going to be the X factor for the franchise.
0: Yeah, and and honestly kind of Puji coming back down to earth from trying to be overly excited. I feel like I've been realistic for the most part during the process from the offseason up until now, um just being as realistic as possible. The front 7 for the Jaguars has played above expectation. The front 4 has looked really well. Like we're we're top 10 rush defense in the league right now. We've held a lot of peop- a lot of rushers in check. And overall, the the team has been more competitive from start to finish. And this was about as excited as we could have been as late in the game as possible. I mean, we're up, we're up 13 to seven going into halftime after a wild kick six, 109 yards by Jamal Agnew, which we'll get into that play here in a sec. We go into halftime, we come out of halftime, we then go up 19 to 10. And at that point, you know, three minutes left in the the third quarter. It's looking inspiring. We're about to pull off a huge upset in the NFL world. The Cardinals march down the field and do what they do, which I think a lot of us expected them to do most of the day, yep. was to just march the ball down the field and score. They bring it back to 19-7. And then the big pick six happens on the flea flicker. Was it necessary? Was it a, you know, was it a energy boost play call? What was that? Who knows? The pick six happens. And then from there you could just feel the air fall out of the stadium. It felt like the Cardinals had full control at that point. I think they put one more touchdown on the board. And they end up completing the deal 31-19. So um, an inspiring performance for a team that we expected very little from. However, there's still much to be desired from the offense as far as moving the ball downfield more consistently. Trevor Lawrence making those smart decisions, not throwing the pick sixes, which he took full blame for. But I just want your overall thoughts just in general on on how the game went, if anything stood out to you or, or what your
1: thoughts were. Well, here, here's how I view this game. Um, we ended, we ended up losing 31-19, to 19. and that's obviously not a great score to lose by. But Lambeau, who has been a problem, he uh, hurt himself last year, hurt his hip, and he hasn't come back from that well. Uh, two missed extra points. So, okay, let's hypothetically – and I don't like to overall just play hypotheticals, but just think about this. Two extra points missed. Um, that's 21 points instead of 19. Um, that very lazy throw, in my opinion, from Trevor on that flea flicker, I think the play got blown up. I think at that point he tried to make something out of nothing, and he can't do that the same way in the NFL game. Um, I think if you hold that ball and you don't you know, just throw it up, um, that pick six doesn't happen. You take seven away from that 31, you're now at 24-21. And I'm thinking that could have been a closer game in the fourth quarter than it actually was. However, then I even thought back to, okay, the botched um, catch by Jacob Hollister, they got picked off earlier in the first half. We were right on their goal line. Um, We had marched down the field. Jacob Hollister botched a a pass right in his hands. It got picked off. Let's say that doesn't happen, and let's say at the very least you get three points. It could have been a tied game in the fourth quarter, 24-24, if these these common – mistakes that we've had don't occur. I don't think the team doesn't have talent. I think we're shooting ourselves in the foot. And until we learn how to stop doing that, um, we're going to lose. But I think we're on the cusp of seeing a team that's competitive enough to win games and, and have a quarterback that can win it for us rather than be the one that's kind of hurting us at this point.
0: And, and when you talk about expectations, I think... Part of those expectations is understanding there are going to be those types of mistakes from a team that, quite frankly, hasn't played together often. There's very little chemistry. They're working through a lot of kinks, a lot of issues that they've maybe had through training camp, really putting it all together. And I feel like this is the type of team or the type of roster that I want to start seeing growth the second and third quarter of the season. And I feel very confident that that is exactly where we are trending. We have a nice matchup coming up against the Bengals. That's going to be a good measuring stick. Now, granted, the Bengals are two and one, and they outperformed the Steelers in week three that a lot of people were not expecting that. We'll get into the Bengals here in a second. But I think this is the turning point in the season. I think this moment moment of the season is what is going to define not only the direction of the team, but I think the attitude of the fan base. And I say that to say... If we can come out and continue playing competitive well into the third quarter, maybe even into the fourth quarter, and just put products on the field that the fan base can get excited about, then I feel like we are moving in the right direction. Now, if we come out and lay eggs, which I'm sure is going to happen occasionally over the next 15 weeks of the season or or 14 weeks of the season, which you would expect from a young team and and an inexperienced team, ultimately as fans, we say this every Sunday, we just want to look competitive. We want to look like we belong. And the Jaguars, for the most part, looked like we belong. And you talked about hypotheticals. You talked about, you know, the, the dropped passes. You talked about the pick six. Ultimately, on that pick six, best case scenario in that play is a sack. Like at that point, yeah, you just want to take the loss of eight and move forward to the next play. You still hold the two-point lead. um, and, and and you move forward with that drive and you try and continue the drive. So, um, again, a rookie mistake. I think a veteran quarterback understands, hey, this play is broken. Let me fall down. This play is not going in our favor. Let me just fall down on
1: top of the ball. And to me, those mistakes, while we obviously don't want our number one overall pick to be making mistakes, but the mistakes that I see from Trevor Lawrence aren't, I'm not capable of making a play type of mistakes. It's more of, I'm trying to do too much, and those can be brought back. So like on that play, it's not like, oh, I underthrew a pass, or oh, I'm not accurate enough. It's no, you, you try to do too much. You, the play was dead, and he's like, "I shouldn't have made that play." Um, some of the other picks, I know he talked about, you know, decision making. If, if his mistakes and like turnovers are based on decision making, that's a better chance of it being fixed and corrected than if someone's just incapable of making a play. And that's kind of what excites me is if this is what we're looking like, but we have a guy that can make that back corner touchdown pass to dj chark that i've not seen in jacksonville he has these flash plays each week i would say he's had a flash like touchdown play and i feel like soon once he kind of corrects some mistakes in terms of turnovers those will turn into flash games where now instead of it being like wow that touchdown was amazing be like wow he just threw for 350 yards two or three touchdowns and like maybe one interception max or something where that's when we'll see him progress, and once he does that, I think the team overall progresses. Because the defense, to, in my opinion, isn't as bad as people might think it is. And the special teams, if Lambo is making kicks, might be tops in the league right now. Because we have Jamal Agnew, like you mentioned, kicking, uh, returning kicks. Logan Cook is you know, tops in the league right now, basically in net punt average. It's it's interesting to think that right now it's the offense that's almost holding us back when we have all these fancy new pieces.
0: Yeah, and and you first of all, thank you those out there listening. Episode one hundred and ten here on the Pooji Podcast. If you're watching on YouTube and you want to listen on the go, go find us on Spotify, iHeart, Google, Apple. If you're listening on the go, the day after, two days after, three days after, whenever it may be, be sure to go check us out on YouTube or on Facebook, the Poogee Podcast on Facebook to watch live when we record either tuesday or wednesday night depending on scheduling but you talk about those missed kicks and i think one thing that a lot of people don't understand is as football fans as nfl fans we take points for granted we take special teams for granted we take field goals for granted because we're so used to them being automatic well i think we are now seeing we are now seeing the exact opposite and 19 to 10 looks a lot closer than 21 to 10 just from a sure. traditional NFL score goes so you can't leave points on the board I said this last week when you're already a, a very bad football team just as far as record goes and roster goes you can't leave points on the board because that does two things it keeps you from being more confident in it it, it keeps your team from building confidence. Like you can't just score a touchdown and be like, yeah, we just scored seven. You have to worry like, Oh, did we score six or seven? Or you can't be an offense and March the ball downfield, get to the 20 yard line and be confident that your kicker can drill a 37 yarder because you don't know what's going to happen. And then ultimately it just sets the team up in a bad spot later in the game. You talked about the hypotheticals. We could have been down, you know, 31 21 and it looked a lot better. It looked a lot closer. It just keeps the game being further out of reach than we want. And when you're already a team that doesn't score at will, you really need all the points you can get.
1: Yeah, I think it's funny because people mostly think about um, like a last-second kick, like, oh, my gosh, like he's going to kick this for 50 yards, 55 yards to win the game. And whether they miss it or not, that's like a bummer. But then they don't think like, oh, wow, in the second quarter, there was a missed kick or mixed extra point that we could have been in the lead rather than you know behind or we could have been tied. And so those early, um, those early misses might not feel like a ton. It might just be like, oh my gosh, Lambo, what are you doing? But really when you think about the effect later, that can come back and hurt you. And same way with the pick six, like make those kicks, don't throw a pick six. The game is a lot closer and maybe there's more motivation towards the end to put in that extra effort. They're always motivated. But I think when you're like a lot closer, you're just hungrier and it just naturally comes out of you. So I don't know. What do you think? Are they going to give Lambo past Thursday night? Like, let's say Lambeau struggles Thursday night. Do you think that's the final straw? Or do you think it's, is it like a two-week thing? I mean, we brought Matthew Wright, charge on, go UCF. But Matthew Wright's now on the practice squad. So that's obvious that, okay, we're going to have competition for you now. Maybe that gets him right. Maybe he comes out Thursday night, makes some kicks, makes a long one. I don't know. Is this Thursday night his final chance?
0: Yeah, I mean, you'd have to think so. like The reason I say yes is because this is an 0-3 team as it is. So if you can go out and just cycle through kickers every few weeks until you find the right one, maybe that's a piece that you can use going forward. Remember when we found Josh Lambeau when we got him from the Chargers? We were a god-awful team really at the time. But we found a kicker that was consistent enough in Jacksonville back in 2016. He came in, performed well enough, and then he was a pretty big part of the 2017 team that made the AFC championship run just because of how consistent he was, how reliable he was. So right now, as an 0-4 team or an 0-3 team, there's no reason to keep a kicker on that is so inconsistent and so unreliable because you're not... You're not building really right in the yeah. present time. You're not building towards anything. You might as well go out and try new kickers until you find the right one, which if you look back to training camp, we had Aldrick Rosas on the team with Josh Lambeau. And man, did Urban Meyer make a big mistake there, not keeping Rosas instead of Lambeau. Um, but hindsight's twenty twenty, and you move forward with those decisions. And who knows what's going to happen. I say last chance for Lambeau. I'd say he has to be 100% this week. On extra points and field goals. I I think the leash is at the very end, he's at the collar. Um, there's no leniency. One missed kick this week, he should be gone. I think I think it's pointless.
1: I think my thing is with Lambeau, like for instance, Jason Myers, when he was here, I don't think he ever really performed at a level that Lambeau has. So when he's playing bad, yes, get rid of him. What's really hard for me to want Lambeau to be gone at this current point is because we saw for years how accurate he was for us and how big he came for us. And and like if you think about, you know, everybody kind of has their own kicker and you know, there's there's kickers everywhere, but like Jason Myers leaves and he performs well elsewhere. I think the difference for me is that we saw Lambo do it here, so is it is it truly like a mental thing? Is it is there some kind of injury related thing like he had a surgery with his hip or whatever he had? Like, is there a way to, if if it was injury related, I know people have been talking about this like on Twitter, on the radio. Is there a way of him maybe just going on IR to get right? We bring in another kicker for this year and then maybe he gets a chance next year. Like once he's like fully healthy, I just don't know what it is, but it's hard yeah. to let go. Someone that's been so, um so great for us. Like he was arguably a top kicker in the league if he had the volume, but we just yeah. want a great offense to give him that volume.
0: No, and I I agree. It's it's difficult to let go of a fan favorite. It's difficult to let go of someone that was so good for you for so long. You know, we saw on the tail end of Josh Goby's career, he kind of started to decline a little bit and he ended up going to Pittsburgh. And that was difficult for the fan base I know to kind of deal with that. And then we had Jason Myers, who we couldn't get out of town fast enough. But if you look at what Josh Lambeau's done over the last three games, he's performed at a worse rate than Jason Myers ever did between any of his three games. If you took any three game sample size of Jason Myers, so I think ultimately it does come down to being injury related. Um, I, I asked this the other day, and maybe Kyle Verban would be better to ask this too. But I don't know if kicker is maybe the b- most important muscle memory position on the field, um, as far as because you're only doing one thing really the entire time through practice through training camp, your muscle memory becomes so much more. Uh, it strengthens so much to where once you do have that surgery or you do have an injury, how long does it take for you to get back to your normal self? And Mm -hmm. that would be the question I have is because you're so used to doing something one way for so long is his plant foot in a different spot is his, does he not have as much flexibility in his hips because of the surgery or whatever the case is? I don't know. I'm speculating, but I think it's one of those things where he's just simply not trusting himself from the surgery. And now he's missing kicks. So that lack of trust, that lack of self trust is just going to continue to compound upon itself. So, yeah, I
1: mean, the motion of a kick is like you play golf. I feel like it's just that point of contact. It's not like catching a football or throwing it where it's like you kind of, you know, move your body and try to go for something. It's that point of contact, whatever it was like kind of aiming to, that's where it's going to go or that's how it's going to hit. And that could also then end up coming from a snap. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I hope he gets it right. Cause I think, you know, Lambo is one of the top kickers if he's healthy and I'm hoping that's why he's missing kicks. I'm hoping it's not a mental thing.
0: Yeah. And luckily, luckily here, I'll say this before we move on to Cincinnati on to Cincinnati. Luckily he's not losing us football games. Like we're not close enough in these games exactly. to where he's losing us the games as bad as that is to say, but hypothetically speaking let's say the cardinals were up 21 19 and then lambo comes down and drills a 45 yarder does that right all the wrongs of the first three weeks because now we've won the game like is that is that what the fan base wants or is it the consistency that they're more concerned about because if he yeah, comes yeah. down and drills a 45 yarder to win now yeah. the miss it's kicks gotta me be
1: the consistency like we'll be yeah. happy in the moment but it's like if you have a guy make one three-point shot to win an nba game but he's shooting 25% in the season. You're not like, okay, that's our three three-point three shooter. shooter. So, he got he's got to have the consistency.
0: Well, let's let's move on to Cincinnati Thursday night football coming up. Jacob, I want you to take it for a second and uh tell us about Cincinnati, tell us what we got coming up.
1: Well, yeah, I'm actually just looking at um, the the game like preview on ESPN. Uh it's it's going to be interesting because it's it's the uh it's the battle between two number one picks. These guys played each other in a national championship and uh Joe Burrow got the best of Trevor Lawrence so maybe this is a revenge game I don't really know but um it's it's a it's a young team that we're playing they haven't been good but right now they're they're doing pretty good they just beat the Steelers uh Joe Mixon he's a threat they got Jamar Chase he's been balling out they said at one point he's like I was having trouble catching the NFL ball I think he's doing just fine now um T Higgins I think the offense uh, has a lot of weapons. They're young weapons. Um, I'm not too familiar with the defense, to be honest with you. Uh, it looks like I'm just looking at like, they've allowed 78 yards per per game rushing. So I don't know if that's, you know, based on who they've played or if they're, they're a good run defense, that'll be a good matchup. Cause J- James Robinson just had his breakout game. In, in my opinion, the Jags started rushing the ball. I guess that'll be something we hope to see against the Bengals is can we get that continued um, moving to another game so Trevor Lawrence can play off of that?
0: Yeah, I think ultimately the the best way for me to describe it with this week is these are two teams heading in the exact same direction while one is two and one, the other's and three, but the Bengals realistically are one year ahead of the Jaguars just from the fact that they had Joe Burrow for a year and Obviously, they have Joe Mixon. He's been a staple there for quite some time. But these are two teams that if you were to kind of pick two teams to be as similar as possible, these would be two teams that you would look at and say, okay, the direction of their franchise, what's going on with their composition, their team composition. They're two very similar teams. And just kind of taking a look at it, Bengals week one, 27-24 over the Vikings. And then week two, they suffered their only loss of the season to the, let me see here, to to the Bears. 20 to 17 and then this week they obviously upset the Steelers as much of an upset as that could be I don't know if the Steelers are legit or not
1: and I think that's um, my thing is like I don't think the Steelers are playing too hot it's hard to judge what like what are the Bengals right now are they are they legit are they like turning a corner or have they you know they played the Bears which they lost to them and I think the Bears just uh who they just play and like struggled by just them.
0: got destroyed by uh the uh god oh the browns the browns
1: there and that's a that's a pretty solid team i mean the browns control the game very well with their run game and their and their defenses with miles garrett so it's it's tough to judge i guess we just have to see what we show up and play but i i don't want to say them beating the steelers tells me too much yet because we need to see what are the steelers actually like yeah when it's all no. said and, done.
0: and that's that's dead accurate in the way i look at it is the the. Bengals have not had that slap in the face game yet. Like they have not gone up against a contender just yet. People thought the Steelers might've been, but going Vikings bears Steelers for the first three weeks, that sample size, that's a relatively calm first three games. And now even with the Jags in week four, this is not going to be that slap in the face game either. I don't believe at least, but their, their first three games, they're two and one, you know, the Panthers are three and oh, the the broncos are 3 and 0 um you know those but then the rams are 3 and 0 but no one would sit here and say the rams and the cardinals are the same 3 and 0 as the panthers and broncos so some teams have these records by way of just matchups and by way of scheduling um so i think honestly this this might tell us more about the Bengals than this will about the jaguars i think we know a lot about the jaguars already just being in jacksonville and what we have in our team But if the Bengals come out and lay an egg on Thursday night football, I think people are going to start looking at them as kind of a pretender two and two team. And people are going to look at the Jags as, okay, they're just another one and three team. It is what it is. Um, So I think the Bengals have a lot at stake here because if they can get to three and one, let's see who they have in week five, actually. If the Bengals can get to three and one and then, okay, here's their slap in the face game, the Packers in week five. Um, So if they're three and one going into that game at home against the Packers, you know, that changes the direction of their season too. So, um, it'll it will be interesting to see. I don't know much about the Bengals defense at all, just like you said. In fact, you probably could offer me a hundred dollars to name three starters on the Bengals defense and I would not win the money. Um but just just from the standpoint of the team seems to be at two and one, but we need <laughs> to figure out I think this week is going to show NFL fans everywhere if the Bengals are legit or not. Um, now it is a home game for the Bengals. And I know that the crowd there being at two and one is going to be very excited to have this Thursday night football game on short rest. Um, but honestly as shitty of a game as it is for people on the outside looking in, I'm, I'm extremely excited about this game. I think as Jaguar fans, this is a very good measuring stick for us, um, to kind of see where we match up with another team in a similar spot. Um, and like you mentioned, Joe Burrow versus Trevor Lawrence, uh, Two running attacks that are kind of similar with Joe Mixon and James Robinson. Both teams have a, a pretty solid core of receivers, three on both sides with Jamar Chase, T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and then DJ Chark, Laviska Chenault, and Marvin Jones. So I think when you look at it, this is a very mirrored match. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I don't like, they, they could probably look at our defense and not, oh, like, who's on the Jags defense? I have no idea. I mean, I'm sure, like, people around the league know of Miles Jack, but other than that, it's, like, maybe Shaquille Griffin, and and then they're like, oh, who's on the Jags defense? So it could be a similar situation. Um, I just want to see – I just want to see our offense continue to put together drives that that don't end in turnovers. I feel like the first week it was, like, they weren't really moving the ball. The second week they moved it on the first drive and then not the rest of the game – Last week they moved it throughout the game, but then you know, had turnovers. So, I'm hoping we just see some drives that lead to points. And we, you know, our defense I really do think our defense might be a little bit better um, than we're thinking it is. I don't think it's nearly close to being like top 10, top 15, but I think it can hold its own. Um, Stopping the run that's going to be important with Joe Mixon. And I, I think Joe Burrow is very mobile but he's definitely no Kyler Murray. There was a couple times we got close to Kyler Murray and I'm like, man, maybe if the guy wasn't as quick as him, we would have had some sacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm really curious to see how they play under the lights. I just hope it's not a, a, you know, common Jags just put up a goose egg or put, you know, some terrible performance on primetime. I hope it's competitive where the world can see, okay, Trevor's coming along and, you know, he's, He's improving and and this is why he's the number one overall pick.
0: Yeah. And looking at looking at the Steelers game, they win twenty-four to ten, but just kind of some things to put out there. Burrow extremely efficient, 14 of 18 for 172 yards, three touchdowns and one interception. So he wasn't gashing the Steelers for tons of yardage. He was just kind of getting the job done. Joe Mixon, 18 carries for 90 yards. James Robinson had 15 carries for 88 yards. So very similar you know, averages there. And then as far as the receivers went, Jamar Chase, four catches, and two of those were touchdowns. So from what I'm looking at, it looks like they maybe just had short fields
1: um, during the game. I will take my money that Shaquille Griffin on Jamar Chase, you know, for calling him the number one receiver. Shaquille Griffin just, I mean, he was injured. You know, he was a game-time decision. But he held DeAndre Hopkins to three catches for 26 yards. So I would like to say that, you know, he could hold up on Jamar Chase. Tyson Campbell, who, who, who's the two? Is it Tyler Boyd? Is it uh, T. Higgins? I think it's
0: Tyler Boyd and then T. Higgins.
1: Expect If you're playing fantasy or daily fantasy for Thursday, probably play not Jamar Chase but T. Higgins or someone because I'm sure Tyson Campbell, who's starting now since C.J. Henderson, has been sent off. Um, he's probably going to have a decent game because, let's be honest, Tyson Campbell's still pretty young. That's where I would say our defense kind of has a hole, mm-hmm. um, not because he's bad or not talented, but it's just because he's young and he's still learning to not make those big mistakes. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It'll be. Uh. It'll be. It maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's the thing. Is maybe it's going to be the you know T Higgins and Tyler Boyd versus Lavisca Chanel and DJ Chark and. You know, Marvin Jones and Jamar Chase, maybe they aren't as present in this game. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? But what I will say is, I think I'm more excited for this game because of the performance against the Cardinals. Had we come out against the Cardinals and looked like we did against the Texans or against the Broncos, you know, this game wouldn't really be as meaningful to me. But I am somewhat excited just from the standpoint of, I want to continue to see that growth. You just said it a little bit ago. You want to see us continue to put drives together. Like, we're not a team yet that's necessarily good enough to put you know, quarters together or halves together or games together, but let's just get drives. Like, let's just put drives together. Let's score a touchdown, get a stop, and then maybe go down and get a field goal. Like, let's just put things together to look good. Um, You know, the Thursday night games, the, the night games for the Jaguars always scare me because uh they do always, outside of that one game against the Titans, like three or four years ago, they do always show up kind of flat. Um, But generally speaking, I am pretty excited for this game. Anything else from you on this game against
1: Cincinnati? I, I think uh, it's just going to be just any game in the NFL. Honestly, it's just going to be turnovers. I think both of these teams have talent. I think they're both pretty young talent. Um, does Trevor Lawrence uh, keep the ball, you know, from from getting picked off as much, or no fumbles? Like that's going to be the name of the game. I think they're two talented quarterbacks, two talented receiving cores, two defenses that aren't at least in my opinion like necessarily great but necessarily bad Mm -hmm. so it's just like who takes care of the ball and that could be the the name of the game hopefully hopefully it's not something that we're just surprised after a surprise performance against uh the cardinals
0: yeah i think these are two hungry teams as well um i think the Bengals are hungry to get to three and one and kind of show the the nation that hey we aren't you know, just a fluke. We didn't just play a week schedule. We are, you know, they want to come out here and dominate the Jags. They don't want to just win. But then on the other hand, the Jaguars, I know we're extremely hungry for our first one of the season. And I think the locker room recognizes that this might be one of the best opportunities, but let's look elsewhere. Week three in the NFL bills over Washington football team, 43, 21. The bills are just clicking. I think we all expected the bills to dominate this game or at least win this game, but maybe not dominate the way they did. Um, but they're just clicking and Josh Allen looks really good. Did you get a chance to read or see any about this game?
1: I didn't really like see much of it, but I, I know that, you know, it seemed like the bills played super well, but is this, are the bills that great? I, I don't think they're not great or like, I'm, I'm just trying to gauge the Washington football team's defense. Cause last year that was arguably what sent them to the, the post That defense was so good. Mm-hmm. Their offense wasn't you know anything to write home about but despite that they still dominated with the defense and it's like is that defense like not where it was or are the bills like are they going to be that scary this year because josh allen's an mvp candidate i don't even think they used stefan digs that much it was you know not even having that guy be like prolific in the game and they and they did that to the washington football team yeah. i don't know it's, they, like yeah. said, it's so early
0: that's a yeah right it's so tough to gauge teams after week three just really you almost need until like week five or six until there's like a good enough sample size to really see what these teams are browns destroy the bears 26 to 6 justin field sacked nine times one total passing yard um so the bears are in shambles maybe they're in a worse spot right now than the jaguars are he had um, one
1: total passing yard
0: yeah, because of all the sack yardage. I got. did
1: not know. I did not know that
0: he had sixty-seven pass, sixty-seven passing yards, and sixty-six yards lost because wow. of sacks. Um, so that was pretty awful. Um, let's talk about this real quick. Ravens, Lions. Um, if we think we have it rough as Jags fans, and we feel like we get heartbroken, I think the Lions are maybe like the most cursed franchise in NFL history. I don't even know what the word would be, but. The two longest field goals in NFL history have come against the Lions, wow. and the the Ravens convert a 4th and 19. Matt, you want to say something? I don't even know what this is on right now. Matt's going crazy listening to this. The Ravens convert a 4th and 19. All right, Matt needs to say something. <laughs> Greatest kick in NFL history, hands down. Greatest kick in NFL history. 4th and 19, they convert it, okay? Um, and then they get down the field, stop the clock and a 66 yard field goal to win the game that goes off the crossbar and bounces in. So two things I want to note here, two things, how often do we see kicks hit off the crossbar and just bounce out? Like that seems to be the more traditional thing to happen. And then second, if you watch the video from like afar, from a, like from a distance from above watching a team kick from the other side of the field is the weirdest shit in the NFL. Like, it was it was just almost uncomfortable watching it happen. He was kicking from the other team's 45-yard line.
1: Yeah, and it it makes it weird to know, because these guys kick long kicks in pregame, but it's always different when you're going to have, like, an offensive and defensive line, arguably, like, in front of you, and you have to, like, make sure it gets the distance, but also gets over them. It's just not common. I think Irvin Meyer was, you know, doing an interview today on the radio and said, you know, when you see a guy like in our game go for a 68 yard and he's standing on the other side of the 50, it's just like absurd. But yeah,
0: it is a weird feeling. But so the Ravens get that done, they move to two and one. So I mean, that was a big bullet dodged for them. And I know a lot of people had the Ravens in their, uh, their survivor league as well. So um, Titans beat the Colts 25, 16, nothing crazy about this game. I think that's what everyone expected. However, the AFC South is a combined three and nine on the year, three and nine, the Jags and the Colts are both 0 and three. The Titans are two and one and the Texans are one and two. So who would have thought the Texans are in second place after three weeks of the season? Not me chargers. I'm all right. Here's the deal. Chargers beat the chiefs 30 to 24. And I said this to my brother this weekend, this is one of those games where the Chargers and the Chiefs, that whole division, the AFC West, they always seem to play each other so well. Like, there's never a game in the AFC West where you're just like, that's going to be a blowout. Whether it's the Broncos, whether it's the Raiders, the Chiefs, the the, the Chargers, those teams play each other so well all yeah. the time. It's it's amazing.
1: Yeah, and, and the other thing, too, is, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes is so good. But even last year, we saw... You know, at one point, the Chiefs were always, like, blowing people out, and they got to the Super Bowl, and they won it. Offense beat great defense. But last year, they weren't blowing people out. They were just winning a lot of games that were, you know, falling in their favor. Like, they were close games. So, we weren't seeing them just dominate. When you're playing in close games and you're winning one year, you know, now we're seeing the other domino of where it kind of evens out. It It regresses to the mean, you know, and... They're still a good team. I think uh, Herbert and that team's still very good as well. So maybe the Chiefs, they're not nearly as dominant as they once were, but they're still pretty good. Well, I'm, glad, I'm glad
0: you said that. And obviously in the NFL, the league, its probably probably has the most parity out of any league in professional sports just from the standpoint of really it takes one player to change your direction of your franchise. And that's what Justin Herbert has kind of done for the Chargers. But... In saying that about the Chiefs, the Chiefs are 1-11-1 against the spread in their last 13 games. So yeah. what that means is they have not covered the spread. And they've been favorites in all of those games, except for maybe the Super Bowl. But I still think they were the favorite in the Super Bowl. But they are eleven 1-11-1 in their, their last 13 games against the spread. So when you look at their their record, you're right. They're winning games, but they're not doing what we were used to them doing back in 2019 or the beginning of 2020, so the Chiefs, they they kind of seem, it's almost like one of those, like, the tape is out kind of things. People know how to beat the Chiefs now.
1: Yeah, and I wouldn't say, like, the tape's out on them uh, where it's like, oh, they won't ever succeed. It's more like, yeah, the tape's out, like, we're not going to let you demolish us by 30 points anymore. Yeah, um, We're going to be able to keep you in check. But at the end of the day, when you have Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, some of those plays are still going to spill over the – the edge of the edge of the glass and, and and happen but yeah like maybe it's it's like you said like they were almost beating people like it was a college team and now it's just more they're a strong nfl team more competitive
0: yeah i mean those explosive plays are going to happen that was another thing about the cardinals game i was happy about there weren't many explosive plays that felt like our team was lost outside of the pick six but we kept the cardinals offense pretty much in check kyler went for 316 in the air but for the most part there weren't many big chunk plays there was a lot of What's up
1: for me when you when you say that I thought about that when we were watching the game. Did you almost like were you like thinking about that that like okay we're not really having them go down the field on us but like you didn't want to say it because you didn't want to jinx it. You didn't yeah. want to like bring it up like wow our defense is actually holding you know the Cardinals offense pretty well because it's like all right at some point they're going to throw one deep over us or like I was I was really surprised yeah. at halftime we had only let up seven points.
0: It was it was like a Twilight Zone moment where it was like you went in with all these ex I went in with all these expectations of them just dominating us and then when that wasn't happening it was almost like I was sh- stunned like I had yeah. been like hit with a stun grenade like whoa and it's wait, like you don't say what anything
1: it might continue
0: yeah I was like whoa that that was wild but anyway Saints beat the Patriots no storylines there really twenty eight thirteen Falcons beat the Giants 14, a pretty uh. No one cares about that game either. Bengals, like we mentioned, 24-10 over the Steelers. Cardinals 31-19 over the Jags. Broncos shut out the Jets 26-0. Again, like we mentioned, the Broncos have not had that slap in the face game yet this season. Um, We'll see when that comes for them, but I'm still trying to figure out what the Broncos are. They've played the Jets and the Jags back-to-back, so um, that can kind of show you how tough their schedule's been to start the season. Um, This was a crazy game. Raiders-Dolphins in Vegas. Dolphins were up like 14-0 to start the game and then the Raiders battle back and Raiders end up winning on a field goal in overtime so a heartbreaking loss for the Dolphins did you get to see any of that
1: I know no I did not but I know like Jacoby Brissett was in for Tua and um it's Derek Carr on his own right like we're still early in the season as we keep saying uh but he looks like he's playing really well I mean he's having like ton of yardage so they're really like letting him throw the ball. Um and then I've heard their defense is actually you know doing really well too. They have some of those guys that you probably don't think immediately of as like defensive like stars, but um they're playing solid. What what do you make of like of Tua versus like Jacoby reset Like I still feel like we haven't seen Tua really like let it go. I mean he's he's now hurt currently but you know yeah Pretty close game with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. And I don't feel like it was necessarily more production than we were seeing from Tua. I don't know if we'll see that or if they'll move on.
0: So I'm happy you say that. All the losses that the Dolphins have accumulated while Tua was the quarterback, how many of them were because of him or in spite of him versus the victories that they had? How many of their wins have been because of Tua versus because of maybe the defense or because of the running attack? I just, and, and this is no shit talking to dolphin fans out there. I know a lot of our friends are dolphin fans, but after a sample size and so many injuries, again, a huge injury in college and then coming into the NFL with now two injuries happening in back-to-back seasons, you have to start wondering, is he the guy that is ever going to take that next step forward and become the reason you win games, like become why you win games, like great quarterbacks, good quarterbacks. We talk about this good quarterbacks in the NFL are on teams that win games. Great quarterbacks in the NFL are reasons why teams win games. And I just don't know if Tua is a reason why the Dolphins win games. Um, And sure, maybe he'll have a game or two here where he pops off and and goes out and wins games. But there's just differences in quarterbacks. And I feel like you talked about the production between Brissett and Tua. Like, if I'm a Dolphins fan, I'm kind of excited as to what I saw in Brissett. Now, that being said, I don't think Brissett's necessarily the long-term answer either, but I think you're learning more about Tua not being the long term answer than you are about Brissett being the long term answer,
1: yeah, and to be fair to our friends that are dolphins fans and any dolphins fans, it's like I don't watch dolphins games, and I think that's very important when you talk about other people's teams or when you talk about teams in general, um unless you watch you don't you don't necessarily know what the dynamic is or how things look, so I'm not gonna say anything bad about Tua overall. um I just know like we have yet to hear about him like really popping off or. You know, Jacoby Preset, we hear, played pretty well and, and had them in the game because um, I'm the same way. I mean, you see my Magic shirt on right now. There's a few guys on the Magic that I would, I would argue with people have pretty good potential, but, you know, most people don't watch the Magic to know or see what I see. So I'm going to say the same thing with Miami. Um, I just know that's a good team. They have a really good team, and right now it's just like they need that quarterback play to it was hurt before. Now he's hurt again, and that's, that just is what they're missing, I feel.
0: Yeah, it's it, it'll be interesting to watch kind of where things go for them. Dolphins, first team in NFL history to ever um, allow a safety, to ever have a safety against them on a completed pass that went towards the line of scrimmage, and there was no flags involved. So it wasn't like intentional grounding or holding in the end zone. Um, so first team in NFL history to allow a safety on a completed pass. They tried to do a bubble wow. screen and had zero receivers on the outside to block, and that was just a bad
1: play. Backed up, and they went for a bubble screen. I feel like that's really, the, really Jaylen, dangerous.
0: Jalen Waddle literally caught the ball two yards deep into the end zone.
1: Uh, that That's dangerous, man. I wouldn't <laughs> like. I wouldn't be nuts with that. Like if the Jags did that, I, I'd be like, oh, yeah, they're idiots.
0: Yeah, it's just Miami. Doing All that? right, next game, Buccaneers, Buccaneers-Rams. Rams win out in L.A., 34-24. First time Tom Brady's ever played in the city of Los Angeles. Um, which is kind of an interesting stat being that he's played since like 1982. So it's first time he's played in Los Angeles. Um, if you had to put a hundred bucks down right now, would this be the NFC championship matchup you expect to see? Yes or no?
1: Mm, I would put my money on saying that I, I believe that the Rams will be there. I think the Rams are legit. Um, and I want to say that yeah, i probably put my money on the Bucs being there too. Um, I'm still trying to figure out have they just played really good like teams or like maybe this Bucks defense isn't as strong as it was last year. Um but that might not even matter. I think this has a very, very good shot of being like the championship game. Yeah. Um, but I really like I really like the Rams. Ever since they got Matthew Stafford, I feel like that just completed everything because their defense is so nasty. When you have names like Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey head headlining on the same defense, and then like Robert Woods, Cooper Cup's playing out of his mind. Matthew Stafford just completes it all, and I think it allows Sean McVay to just do what he wants. And when they when they play against a great team like Brady and the Bucks, I think they're 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 potentially my Super Bowl pick. Yeah, to win. So that'd be an exciting matchup for sure.
0: Yeah, I would say this would be the matchup pending Packers over the next few weeks. I do kind of want to see the Packers more, but um, I think what's interesting is out of the last three, four or five years, we've seen the Rams make so many trades and so many moves to try and get Marcus Peters to get Jalen Ramsey, Michael Brockers. Uh, you have Aaron Donald. You had all these, you know, defensive players that they ended up having to get rid of. And it looked like for a second everything that they had worked towards, it felt like they missed their window and then everything started falling apart. And then they go out and get Matthew Stafford and it's like, wow, maybe that was the piece the whole time that they needed to get in there. Maybe they were trying to build too much around Jared Goff. And I'll say this in in this way, the way the Rams built up the defense for Jared Goff is kind of how the Jaguars built up the defense for Blake Bortles, where they built up this defense almost to help win games in spite of Jared Goff. Whereas now they have Matt Stafford, they can yeah. go out there and win games because of Matt Stafford. And it's like, just
1: like you see, yeah, you literally just said it. It's like good teams make good quarterbacks. This is a team that's the quarterback's making the team even better.
0: Yeah, it's and it's absurd to see what's happening. That um, team was
1: already good.
0: Yeah, so they they they've got weapons. They're going to be dangerous uh, to to mess with. I think the Jaguars uh, play them this year. So oh, jeez, be- do we really? Yeah, that'll be tough. That's got awful. I think we play them at some point. Yeah. Um,
1: uh,
0: Vikings with a mini upset over the Seahawks. I do think the Vikings were favored by maybe a point and a half. I don't know what's going on with the Seahawks, but that's another team that's one and two, and they're not looking too hot either. Uh, Packers 30 to 28 over the 49ers. I think by this point, everyone's heard it. They left 37 seconds on the clock for Aaron Rodgers, which for 30 other quarterbacks in the NFL, plenty of, you know, not enough time to score. And Aaron Rodgers picks up like, 50 yards to Devontae Adams in two consecutive plays. Mason Crosby drills the 51-yarder to win the game against the 49ers. Um, so that was Very a impressive. pretty impressive game just in general. Just, I think that was a big game for the Packers after that week one collapse and then kind of coming back in week two. Yeah, they beat the Lions. Great, but I feel like this was a pretty good statement win for them. Um, and then Cowboys completely dominated the Eagles. Um, I think that the the Cowboys-Eagles game... I think says more about the direction of the Eagles than it does about the Cowboys. To be honest with you, I think I am more pessimistic about Jalen Hurts and the Eagles now than I am optimistic about Dak Prescott and Ceedee Lamb moving forward. If that makes sense?
1: No, absolutely, because I think uh, it was it was Cowboys Bucks was the first game of the season, right? Yep. And and Dak Dak went off, you know, despite losing that game. I think that Dak and that offense is a top tier, elite passing attack and offense because they also have Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I don't really know much about their defense, but I don't think it's you know anything dominant. Uh, we were expecting probably more you know better like more of a, a defensive performance from the Eagles maybe to keep this game closer. Uh, but Dak was too much, and I don't think Jalen took advantage of uh, of you know the. Cowboys defense, I think Jalen Hurts, I'm still up in there on that. I know Devo, you know, somewhere listening, hopefully. You gotta prove it to me. I mean, at the end of the day, our teams are one-one apart.
0: Yeah. And honestly, the whole Jalen Hurts thing kind of feels like the Tua thing right now, where it's like, okay, you know what he can be, you know what he has been, you know, you know he he has talent in different places, but watching that game yesterday, it was one of those things where it was like it was almost like the Cowboys were like picking the stitches out of a wound. And then they finally got to the last one and then the wound opened back up. And that's exactly what happened. Like the the Eagles, it was, you know, it was seven to seven and then it was 14, seven. And then the Eagles got the ball back. And then, you know, the Cowboys score another touchdown and it's 20 to seven going into halftime. Eagles come out and score a touchdown to make it 20 to 14. And then it's like, okay, they're back in this game. And then the Cowboys just, asserted their dominance over a lacking offense um and and who knows maybe the cowboys defense is a lot better than we're giving them credit for they do have dan quinn now his first year with the team so maybe maybe he's found something in in them and micah parsons is playing great he's a very pure tackler um, yeah
1: and it's and it's not completely fair to just you know compare jalen hurts and Dak because if Dak's healthy like he's an elite quarterback in the league currently yeah when he's thrown to people like CD Lamb, or he has Amari Cooper. I don't even know was Amari Cooper playing last night, or was he? Yeah, he played. he played. So it's like you have Amari Cooper, CD Lamb, even Michael Gallup versus you know Devontae Smith's good, Jalen Rager. Uh, I don't even know who else is the receiver. I didn't even you know watch the whole game. They Could've have uh,
0: Arcega-Whiteside, right? Is he still on the team? Oh, JJ Arcega-Whiteside, yeah, yeah. So
1: it's like yeah, it's not it's not fair to like okay, this is Dak and this is Jalen, so Jalen must not be good. But, yeah, we definitely want to see Jalen Hurts um, string together multiple weeks of, of great play to to hope that he's the the answer for the, the Eagles. I know Devin wants him to be. I think he has a lot of talent. Um, if we just get that passing game going with him, he's so deadly running the ball.
0: Yeah, and here's here's the sad reality of it is, is if he's not the answer, then the Eagles fans are back to square one. And granted, they drafted him, what, was he late first round or was he second round, early second round?
1: No idea. You know, they
0: didn't, they didn't spend super high capital on him. He wasn't like a top five pick or a top 10 pick. Um, but it's tough. Like anytime you see a quarterback that you're so hopeful for fail, not only are you saddened as a fan base, but you also realize what that means for your team. Like you're back to square one. And as the Jags lost Blake Bortles a few years back, it kind of felt the same way. It was like, Man, now what direction do we go in? Now where are we going? You know, we we're, now we're relying on this sixth round quarterback Gardner Minshew, and then I think that's why us drafting you know Trevor Lawrence was such a breath of fresh air because it's like okay, now we have the building block that we're building on top of. With the Eagles, it was just kind of like we think we have something in this guy, we're not sure if we do, but let's see what he can do. Let's see what happens. Yeah, and I hope I hope for the sake of Eagles fans everywhere, it's it's you know it's it is the answer because obviously we know just about as good as anyone how difficult it is to be a fan of a team that doesn't have good quarterback play. Um, So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. And Dak looks fully healthy again. So the Cowboys, that could be another sleeper team in the NFC. He was Um, running
1: around out there. Yeah. Moving moving around. So
0: moving forward. So I apologize to everyone out there on the Instagram or listening. I forgot to post the three piece combo uh, contest on Thursday, this past week, got caught up with football, got caught up with, my brother coming into town doing different stuff with family. So I apologize, but excuses are like buttholes. Everyone has them and they stink. So no more excuses moving forward. Let's get into the three piece combo for week four, Jacob. Let's pick these games real quick. Ooh, I'm going to okay. go through the one o'clock games and we uh, we got to decide on one Washington at Falcons, Washington at Atlanta, uh, Texans at Bills, Lions at Bears. First of all, that Texans at Bills game, 16 and a half point spread. So oh, Jesus. <laughs> Lions at Bears, Panthers at Cowboys, Colts at Dolphins, Browns at Vikings, Giants at Saints, Titans at Jets, Chiefs at Eagles. Those are the one o'clock games. Is any of those kind of enticing at all? Or
1: What was name the last like three real quick again?
0: Colts, Dolphins, Browns, Vikings, Giants, Saints, Titans, Jets, Chiefs,
1: Eagles. So two that kind of popped out to me were either like Panthers-Cowboys or Browns-Vikings. Panthers- maybe like because yeah. the Panthers are 3-0. and um, Maybe that's their litmus test this week is against the Cowboys.
0: I like that. Uh, yeah, I say we go for that one. I say is
1: Sam Darnold turning a corner?
0: I say, yeah. You know, Sam Darnold, I said this the other day on Twitter, at JPooch17, Sam Darnold having a Ryan Tannehill-esque resurrection in Carolina must be see, something to do with that. What he's got. Mid East Coast. So that's the one o'clock games. Then four o'clock games we have Cardinals at Rams. I feel like we can just stop there.
1: I keep going though. I want to see. I want to see.
0: Seahawks at Niners. Ravens at Broncos. Steelers at Packers.
1: Yeah, I would say it's got to be Cardinals against Rams.
0: Now, granted, Rams are favored by four and a half. The closest spread for the four o'clock game is Broncos Ravens, which is a one-point favorite for the Broncos. But let's go uh let's go Cardinals Rams this week um just because that 2-3 and 0 teams and it's going to be a fun one. And then of course the Sunday night game you have Tom Brady returning with the Buccaneers to New England to face off against his former team. <sighs> the New England Patriots, one of the highly most highly anticipated matchups in probably NFL history as far as regular season games go.
1: And you know, they've been they've been Teasing that game with Adele's, um, what's that song called? It's like "Hello, Hello from Hello. the Other Side." Yeah, so like it's gonna be crazy, and I think Brady's already been quoted saying he's not expecting a, you know, a happy reunion. He's not expecting to get you know flowers like roses uh, when he arrives. I think uh, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be cool to see. I think what I heard was he's close to potentially, um, to like jumping in the the all-time passing record or something let me look yeah this i up. think
0: he's he's like he's like 40 yards away from drew Brees. i want to say
1: for, for being number one that's yeah. crazy and he could do it in this game against his former team is it in foxborough
0: yeah it's in Foxborough. oh
1: my god wouldn't that just be biblical
0: this honestly as far as regular season games go this might be like the most expensive ticket on the market this whole season ever ever ever
1: ever the um, goat returns home. The the goat returns to his farm.
0: It's it's gonna be wild. I mean he pretty much built up Foxborough with the help of obviously Robert Kraft, but That'll be a fun one to watch. We'll oh, definitely it. dude, be yeah, no, it. he's
1: gonna get it. It's only he's only sixty-seven yards away.
0: Yeah, I knew it was something
1: very close. Oh, geez. So, so yeah, this is this is amazing.
0: It's gonna be awesome. A great Sunday night, and I'm happy. Honestly, I'm happy the Jags play Thursday night this week because that gives us all of Sunday to just literally veg out and you know just sink into a couch, watch our
1: fantasy teams, and, and just
0: watch our watch red zone, watch fantasy. Um, yeah, who knows? Maybe watch party at the slightly twisted deck bar. Who knows? But um, let's get into predictions for Thursday night football, Cincinnati at home versus your Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, yeah, let's, yeah. let's let you make the first prediction, Jacob.
1: Dang. Um, it's tough because I feel like if we want them to win, I need to not pick them to win. Um, but I really think if we're going to turn a corner and beat a good team, you know, like maybe the Bengals this Thursday night might be that team, but it might get close. And I'll, I'll go ahead and, and pick this game 23 21 and i honestly am torn you know what 23 21 jags they get their first win trevor gets his revenge against joe burrow
0: i wrote this down i like it i wrote this down before you picked
1: 24
0: 23 cincinnati so we are like literally right there yeah, 23
1: Cincinnati. We, both think, we both hope it'll be close.
0: Um I think it it'll, be. it'll be a close game. And and like you said, I kind of picked Cincinnati to uh favor the football gods of me not getting overzealous.
1: If so it if it, if it helps my prediction. The reason I think we win, I think Trevor takes better care of the ball. I think Shaq Griffin, I think he gets a pick in this game. I think it's not going to be like a pick six or anything. But I think now that we got one, Turnover on defense it was Andrew Wingard of course it was the greatest player on our de- the defense. I think the turnovers will start happening and I think Shaq gets one against Joe Burrow. I think Trevor keeps it down to like maybe a max of of like one turnover and I think we clean it up and I think we beat a, a pretty solid Cincinnati team. yeah
0: it's uh, it's the nature of the business. I think teams tend to just play better as the season progresses as they play more together and play at full-time game speed together. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. I, I feel the same way. Hopefully we can continue to progress into this game. Uh, this will be a fun one. What do you got Jacob?
1: I, I want to, I want to double down Shaq gets a pick and Ray gets a pick.
0: So two picks Ray Sean and Shaq. I like it. Yep. I like it. Okay. Well, I'll go with uh, my double down. will be, um, Trevor Lawrence. Let's go with no, there's no way I put 23. I was going to say three touchdowns, but that's really <laughs> difficult. Maybe they go for two, but anyways, maybe they miss an there, extra point. Maybe they miss an extra point. Those out there listening. I appreciate you guys tuning in to episode 110 of the Poogee podcast, breaking down week four of the Jags Bengals matchup, looking back to the Jaguars Cardinals matchup from week three and all other things. NFL go on Instagram, find us at the Poogee podcast, go on YouTube, find us at the Poogee podcast, subscribe, like share these videos. And if you're listening on the go, go find us on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Google. But whatever you do, go enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy some Thursday night football. I know we're going to enjoy some golf coming up the next few days. Enjoy college football this weekend. UCF is back at it against Navy up in Annapolis, Maryland. And then we got a full day of football on Sunday. But whatever you may be doing, make sure you go make this world a better place and take care. How How can I be the man when you're the man? How can I be the man when you're the man? How can I be the man when you're the man?